0: Most importantly, they will have a new goaltender. And here he comes, number 90 for the Carolina Hurricanes is Dave Ayers.
1: Oh my gosh. On behalf of all Hurricanes fans and most importantly the players on the ice and the coaching staff. I mean, such a gutsy effort. This is practically impossible that, that you're now asking him to do this. The boys will... The boys are going to try to give him the necessary confidence to to come into the game in the second period. Oh, I mean, you just can't draw this up. My heart breaks for this Hurricanes hockey club right now. The
2: Canes really needed this game. And it, it started well. And we're starting to play really well. And then this happens. And to think that, you know, this would be the excuse you could absolutely use, but you don't want to. This is a guy now we're starting to get information about him. And the highest level I believe he ever played was Junior C, which is Tier 3 and below, which is a, a two rungs below major junior hockey. So uh, this is like a, a, a you know, a Division 3 football player uh, playing for the Kansas City Chiefs in a prominent in a prominent role. In a game that they, they really need.
0: Tavares, near point, snapped in by Barry, injured Kane. Tavares a shot, he scores. John Tavares right along the ice. Red Pesci was injured. As he is hunched over, he skates to the Kane's bench. And Toronto is within two.
3: You know, wow, these guys are a little bit quicker than they are in practice. They seem a lot bigger. They go a lot harder uh, on the ice and uh obviously there's an adjustment period for me and first two shots go in the net and and then that's not uh, it's not the ideal start that's for sure
0: the bench on their feet 12 seconds left 9 seconds the Kings flip it out to center cut off by Hall 3 seconds left here's Clifford stopped by David Ayers the Carolina Hurricanes surround him and defeat the Toronto Maple Leafs 6-3
4: This is the Canes Corner Podcast with host Adam Gold, part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now here's the host of the Canes Corner Podcast, Adam Gold.
5: Welcome to this very special edition of the Canes Corner Podcast as we look back on and celebrate one of the most incredible nights in the history of sports, February 22nd, 2020. When David Ayers, hockey rink manager, practice goaltender, Zamboni Driver, was pressed into duty as the emergency backup goaltender for the visiting Carolina Hurricanes and beat the hometown Toronto Maple Leafs. Hi everyone, I'm Adam Golden. Over the next half hour or so, we'll go back and relive as best we can what happened when Ayers made history. This Canes Corner podcast special is brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. From siding to roofing to windows to entry doors, there's no better place to go than the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, check out what Sammy Hanna and his crew have to offer. There's no better customer service in the industry on Hamlin Road in Durham and online at AluminumCompany.com. Back to making history. And when I say history, what I really mean is simply stepping out onto the ice, Sure non-professionals have played goal in the NHL before. In fact, it's happened for the Hurricanes. When equipment manager George Alves was signed to a professional tryout contract prior to a game in Tampa when Carolina realized they had just one healthy goaltender for the night. That was in the 2016-17 season. Alves played the final eight seconds in relief of Cam Ward, becoming the first e-bug to ever play. The following year, Scott Foster did the same thing for the Chicago Blackhawks in a win over Winnipeg, but like Alves, Foster began the night on the bench before entering when starter Colin Delia was injured early in the third period. This was different. On this night, Ayers, like so many nights before, was in the break glass in need of a goalie position. The Canes started the game with James Reimer, but he left with an injury in the first period. Then Peter miraza came on, but was hurt in a wild collision in the middle of the second. So with the Hurricanes fresh out of goaltenders, history.
0: Most importantly, they will have a new goaltender. And here he comes, number 90 for the Carolina Hurricanes is Dave
1: Ayers. Oh my gosh. You know, on behalf of all Hurricanes fans of the most importantly the players on the ice and the coaching staff I mean such a gutsy effort this is practically impossible that that you're now asking him to do this, the boys will the boys are going to try to give him the necessary confidence to, to come into the game in the second period oh I mean you just can't draw this up, my heart breaks for this Hurricanes hockey club right now so he's been a spare goaltender in these parts when both the Toronto
0: Marlies and the American Hockey League, the Toronto Maple Leafs, have needed an extra goaltender. They'll get the warm-up. This is the only time you can do this. According to the reports, the highest level of hockey he has played is Junior B, which is a step below Junior A, which is a step below Major Junior. Asoff will be in the near circle to the right of Frederick Anderson. And David Ayers will have about a 185-foot view of this. 841 left in the second period. Not exactly color-coordinated, but that doesn't matter. What a moment here. And now number 90 officially plays a game for the Carolina Hurricanes.
5: John Forsland was in his customary position on the Hurricanes broadcast that Saturday night and explained just how big a spot Ayers was thrust into.
2: The Canes really needed this game. And it, it started well. And we're starting to play really well. And then this happens. And to think that, you know, this would be the excuse you could absolutely use, but you don't want to. This is a guy, now we're starting to get information about him. We're Googling in the booth, and I had a great stage manager that night. Her name was Lori, and Lori was was excellent in terms of I had to research everything and verify, and then give me the phone and let me look to see who wrote the story on this guy. You're just frightened when you're unprepared, at least I am, and you just don't want to say something that's inaccurate. So we knew he had his hometown. We kind of knew the level of hockey he played at. I, in the highest level I believe he ever played was Junior C, which is tier three and below, which is a, a two rungs below major junior hockey. So uh, this is like a, a, a you know division three football player uh, playing for the Kansas City Chiefs in a prominent in a prominent role in a game that they, they really need. And so um, we we had that. Then we had his, his, the health issues that he's had in his past. We we had all this stuff on the fly. So every stoppage, I was reading something about him and formulating this story. And it looked like it was going to be a negative. And then we had a chance to take a breath between periods and, um, and kind of rehash what had happened. And, and obviously, we had no clue uh, what was coming in the third period.
5: Meanwhile, as Ayers assumed the position, his teammates were left with the task of figuring this out. What's going on here? I mean, there's a game that needs to be won, points to earn, a job to do. But this, this, this isn't David Ayers' job. Even James Reimer, the first goalie of the night whose job description it is to stop NHL pucks, he had trouble processing what Dave was dealing with.
4: Even for him, I mean, I'm not quite sure exactly what, it, what his mindset was or what was going through his mind, but, it, you know, I'm sure it's it's more, you know, shocked than anything, too. I mean, even, you know, he's probably not expecting to go in either. Right? I mean, it's, it happens so rare, right? And so, you know, I think just to, just to be there for him and, and uh, you know, and wish him luck and, and, you know, tell him he's got it, you know? So it's, I, I don't know if there is a role, but I think you're just uh, trying to be as supportive as possible.
5: Carolina's Justin Williams tried to do the impossible, make it all seem normal.
4: Uh, I mean, I remember going down
6: there and then uh, I didn't know his first name. So I just said Aresy because that's what us hockey players do. We just add Ys to the end of everybody's name as nicknames. I said, all right, Aresy, let's do this. Calm yourself and have fun. And, you know, it didn't start out too great, but uh, it ended in a storybook ending.
5: Meanwhile... There's a game to resume, and the Hurricanes were on the power play as a result of Toronto's Kyle Clifford having collided with Morazic. And while it might seem small, Ayers got involved quickly.
0: pass he'll get after it. Ayers out to play it, he'll
1: move it, good job, to a safe there
0: This way for Table Terrapin and out in front. Rejected by Anderson. They score! On the rebound, Sebastian Ajo maybe got to it off Travis Dermott. It's a power play goal with only two seconds left in it. 6.43 left here in the second period. 4 1, Carolina.
5: So Carolina now leads 4 1 after the power play goal, but the Leafs are loaded with talent, Hall of Fame talent something Kane's captain Jordan Stahl knew would eventually matter.
7: You know, the guys can have a little jitters. I mean, you can't step into a game and like that and and not, and really, I mean, zero warm up, zero anything. So it's not, it's not easy to do if you're a full on NHLer. I mean, I know every goalie come off the bench is not, it's not an easy thing to do. So I just remember going into the dressing room and right away, the boys were all over him and making sure that he was feeling comfortable and, and confident. And, and he, uh, He right away said uh, he's going
5: to be good. Before we get there, it was time for the home team to make a move.
7: Tavares,
0: near point, snapped in by Barry, injured Kane. Tavares, a shot, he scores! John Tavares, right along the ice. Red Pesci was injured. As he is hunched over, he skates to the Kane's bench. And Toronto is within two.
5: Less than two minutes later, Pierre Engvall made it 4-3 and things were teetering. Scotiabank Arena is vibrating and Kane's analyst Trip Tracy worried about the enormity of the situation taking a toll.
8: It's hockey night in Canada. Would he grab the moment or let the moment grab him? Even though Dave has openly talked about uh, what the guy said to him and really the meeting he had with himself in the second intermission, I think to put himself in a terrific frame of mind to to grab it, not let it grab him. It's the save he made on Austin Matthews, late in the second period, less than a minute left.
0: And Rienstein along the boards, Tavares centering pass, a chance, Ayers said no, it's loose in the crease, he's got it. Austin Matthews, chopping at one,
1: and David Ayers comes up big. Huge late period save by Ayers. Boy, I thought he did a nice job, look at him smile. Holds a short side post. Oh, nice job. Would have been a quality save by
8: any goalie. He tried to challenge the short side, and that's the one where he makes a low save on a hard Matthews shot. And now Fogel's on top of him. And this is the funny part. And Fogle's saying, Dave, you don't have the puck. And, 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 and Ayers is saying, well, where is it? And, and then, you know, he eventually gets the whistle, and Fogle says to him, you just stopped Austin Matthews. And Dave Harris says, well, I stop him in practice all the time.
5: The period would end with Carolina on top 4-3. And now it's into the locker room to regroup, reassess, and hopefully find some reassurance. And for the most part, that came in the form of Rhymer.
4: It's an overwhelming situation to be in, right? And, and um, it's not something you really you know prepare for even though you know he's been playing goalie his whole life right but it's nothing profound i mean it was it was it was all him he hung in there and and and, and pulled it out so it was you know i don't know just just it's fun to be a part of it and, and happy for him that's uh it's just uh it's really special
5: according to williams reimer wasn't the only one with comforting words
6: it's tough to remember his exact words, but I think he came in the room and said, boys, everything's going to be fine. I'm not that bad. <laughs> I believe is what he said. Um, you know, we all laughed it off and, uh, and, and joked it off. And, you know, we went out there and, and played a heck of a third period in front of him. And uh, he did what he had to do. And, and that was that. But I think that was a good reassuring point just to kind of break the ice and, and uh, <laughs> say, boys, it's all right, we're going to be okay.
5: Back out for the third, Stahl knew that it was up to them to make it as easy as possible on the guy in net, which with a one goal lead against the Leafs in Toronto on hockey night in Canada was not gonna be easy.
7: It was a big game for us too, and we needed the points and you could tell everyone in, in everyone in the lineup was wasn't willing to even give him a shot and we were we were tracking Tracking back hard, and all the forwards were even on top of them before they even got over their own blue line, and and just making sure that no no sniff, no chance of of, of creating anything. And it goes to show what our team can do if um you know we're fully committed in that regard, and and then we we create offense as well out of it. Justin Hall moves it back. Jake Muzzin on
0: and off the stick, a steal. Fogle right in. He scores. Warren Fogle powers it. Home seconds, gone in the third, 5-3, Carolina. He chips it off the bar, he just scores! Hey, hey, what do you say? 16-16 left in this third period, 6-3, Carolina.
5: Meanwhile, there were still more than 16 minutes to play, three goal lead or not. So for Williams, the game was far from over, and the mission was crystal clear.
6: We knew we were going to do everything in our possible ability not to let the puck get towards the net and it's amazing what you can do when your mind is totally committed to that and that's not taking anything away from any other game that you play but there's just there was something a little bit more to it than you could imagine under the circumstances so you could see guys diving for pucks getting pucks out of the zone um, just being in every single shot lane not assuming that the goaltender was going to stop one from anywhere. Um, It was an all out effort just to, just to keep them at bay. And, you know, we, uh, I think there was a little bit, obviously on their side as well. um, Maybe a little bit of uh, a letdown in the fact that uh, they assumed they were going to come back and and, and score. So I think it was a little double edge there where, where, you know, say the, say it's right in the middle and we were pushing one way and and they were kind of fading the other way that, that kind of made that, uh, that third period. So dominating.
5: In the booth, Tracy recalls what he saw in the third.
8: What I saw in the third period was uh, a clinical, surgical energy and execution effort by the Carolina Hurricanes uh, that I don't know how you can one-up. It was that good. And then I saw a guy that made a couple of real quality saves. One, I remember he moved from left to right. I think it was up uh, between the body and the arm on the blocker's side, and he absorbed a puck with rebound control. And I, I started to really believe that this this absolutely could happen.
5: As for Tracy's partner, John Forslund, well, he'd seen a lot in more than 20 years as Carolina's TV voice, but he's not sure anything compares to that night.
2: I never saw the Hurricanes play a better team game. I'd, I would have to say it would be, you know, a playoff situation. It would be 2006, this isn't a reach, 2006 Game 7 as a team, uh, at times in the 2019 playoffs as a team, five-man game, five-man defensive aggressive game, perfectly positioned, shift after shift after shift, playing for each other, blocking shots, making sure they didn't get any grade-A looks, but of course they did. How can you not with Austin Matthews and Tavares and Marner, and it goes on and on and on. So there were going to be a couple of point-blank looks and and david uh, really came up large with with a couple of sequences there where you know you didn't think he was going to stop it and he did
0: what a job in front of this emergency goaltender by the carolina hurricanes 28 seconds left 6-3 carolina Aho out of the corner slavin will get to it 19 seconds on the clock The bench on their feet. 12 seconds left. Nine seconds. The Kings flip it out to center. Cut off by Hall. Three seconds left. Here's Clifford. Stopped by David Ayers. The Carolina Hurricanes surround him and defeat the Toronto Maple Leafs 6-3.
5: Let's take a quick break and when we come back, more of my conversation with David Ayers about what it was like from the moment he was tapped on the shoulder to the final horn and maybe beyond. Welcome back to this special edition of the Canes Corner Podcast as we celebrate the one year anniversary of the night David Ayers became a superstar. Remember that while this was the first time the NHL had ever seen both of a team's goalies injured, meaning an e-bug, actually had to play. This was not the first time Ayers had gotten dressed. He told us last time that he'd gotten most of his gear on once for Chicago, another time for the Red Wings, but never had he taken this final step.
3: Well, I was kind of sat in there, and, and Pace came in, and he said to me, uh, like, "Like, let's go. You know, take kind of take your time and kind of get your head into it. But you know, you're going to go on the ice, and that's just, you know, so get ready and uh, he was asking me, "Yeah, you, right. Like, you did good. I'm like, let's go. I was so excited. All those years of, of being a goalie, you know, going up through the Leafs and Marley system and just being, you know, practicing on the ice with them every day, you want to be able to put your skills into action and kind of show these guys, Hey, I'm not just a, a target at practice. I can still kind of play a little bit as well. Right. So, um, I was pumped. And as we were walking out, uh, I think I had like an entourage follow me to the ice pretty much. But uh, I was excited. And as soon as you hit the ice, or as soon as it comes out of the tunnel where it opens up and everyone starts going crazy, uh, you're kind of like, wow, what am I getting into right now? And uh, the nerves start to hit you a little bit.
5: Did you really hear and feel the crowd reaction?
3: Oh, 100%. The crowd, when I came out, obviously wearing leafs colors. Or the Carolina jersey, people were so confused. Um, but there had been people, you know, I, I practiced with the Leafs on their outdoor three on three probably a month and a half earlier, so there was, you know, I think there was 5,000 fans there at that point. Um, so people kind of knew who I was, but you know, there's obviously 20,000 fans in that rink, and everybody was Googling me <laughs> pretty much all at the same time, uh, trying to find out who I was, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but so it was just a crazy buzz in that building. As the game started going, it got started to rumble uh, under my feet and, uh, it's hard to get that out of your head and just play a game.
5: Now the game starts or restarts. Um, what's going on? Are you,
3: yeah, you know, it took so long to get the game started. I felt like I was stretching and taking a couple shots and stretching. And then I think that was the worst thing for me is the fact that it took so long to get going um, normally in practice, you pretty much get out there, you're already warmed up and guys start firing right away. So, you know, for me to wait five, 10 minutes kind of on the ice until they sorted out penalties and, uh, what was going on with me and stuff, um, you had too much time to think and try and get yourself into it instead of just kind of let it, you know, let the game start and kind of deal with as it it's going. So once it started, I was, um, you know, I was a little, you know, wow, these guys are a little bit quicker than they are in practice. They seem a lot bigger. They go a lot harder uh, on the ice. And uh, obviously, it was an adjustment period for me. And the first two shots go in the net. And, and then that's not, uh, it's not the ideal start, that's for sure.
5: There's no doubt that the second goal was absolutely uh, not on you. Do you feel like you should have had John Tavares' shot, which was the first goal?
3: Yeah, 100%. You know, Tavares, obviously, one of the elite players in the world. Uh, and he shoots on me a lot and, and scores on me a lot. So, uh, I'm just used to him kind of going blocker side on me. I don't know why that came to my head when he had it. I'm like, Oh, I think he's going to score blocker side. Cause he, maybe he did that in the last couple of practices on me. So it was, it was in my head, but, uh, he's sneaky. He shot one right under one of the players legs and I wasn't ready for it. And he beat me fivefold. But like you said, the second one was a shot from the point. Uh, and I think right off Jake's shin pad, right on the pier's stick. And I just missed it. um, but I knew that wasn't my fault at the time. And uh, Jake said, sorry, man, I just tried to get in the way of the shot, which is cool. And, you know, totally respect that because you have a new goalie in in there. So you're just trying to stop Pucks from getting to him. So, um, But hey, it went in and and that was that. And, you know, one of the guys came to me and said, man, don't worry about it. Uh, They can score as many goals as they want as long as you're going to have fun and enjoy the fact that you're out here. um, We'll we'll do whatever we can for you.
5: It was awesome. Was there an... Like an active um, plan, you think, for by the players, to like to try to minimize the situation and just get you to relax. Um, because I mean, they I mean the tendency would be to be kind of uptight, uh, nervous, and all of that. Uh, you know, how many of those guys really went out of their way to just try to make you feel comfortable?
3: They were great. Like, as soon as I stepped on the ice, the the whole row of the guys were waiting for me to get on the ice. And, you know, they were kind of like, well, let's go. They were all pumped up just like I was pumped up. Obviously, they're going to be a little nervous because they don't know what to expect from a brand-new guy coming in. And um, you could see how hard they were trying to kind of protect me. And after the second goal went in, you know, I felt, you know, like I kind of let them down. And I felt like the bench kind of got let down. And I think that, you know, I felt like – I should uh, really pick up my game here because this isn't me, you know. i got to get over this uh, nervous hump and just get into the game and start playing. But they never stopped the whole game. Those guys were blocking shots and everything they could possibly do to keep the puck away from me, and they did such a great job.
5: Because you practice against the leaf, how did the interaction with Toronto go?
3: You know, after the second period, uh, skating off the ice, a couple of leaf players, Freddie Anderson, they kind of gave me little taps. here and there, and they're all great guys. Like I said, I've been on the ice for so long and chat with the guys. They're all super nice guys, just like most most hockey guys that I've been around, all great guys. Um, so that they were kind of appreciative, and uh, they thought it was cool that I was on the ice with them, I'm sure.
5: Explain what we all watched in the third period from the guys in front of you and from you, because you, you, you faced, I don't know, eight shots or so in the third period. Uh, so what was that? Uh, what did you see from where you were?
3: Yeah, you know what? I kind of told the guys in the second period, just kept me through the second period. We went into the intermission and, and James Rimer sat with me and he just said, like, you know, this is what you do. You stop pucks. You know, this is not no different than stopping pucks, you know, five years ago than it is now. It's, you're a goalie and you're used to it. So just relax and have fun. And I told the guys in the dressing room, I said, look, you guys put one more goal in, we're going to win this. Because I said, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to shut the door. And they they kind of looked at me weird. Like is this guy for real? Like he just let two goals in on two shots out there. Like what's what's happening here, right? So, but I just needed that breather. I needed to bounce back in the third period. And I actually, skated in the third period. I felt so much better. um You know, I felt a little more comfortable uh, for every shot that I was getting, and the fact that they were playing so hard in front of me, uh, it made me feel comfortable as well. And like I was confident that we could win, and you know, get halfway through the third and. They've got a couple goals, and I'm feeling good. And so I'm like, oh, we can, we're gonna win this game. I have this feeling we're gonna, we're gonna win this game. And you guys are shutting it down, and I'm gonna shut it down, and it's gonna be uh, an awesome ending to the game.
5: It absolutely was one of the most inspiring things I think I've ever watched uh, in sports. Uh, no, just a little. I want to just peel down the 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 impact that James Reimer had. Uh, with you. Uh, see, he, he came, he's an injured guy. He was the first goalie in the game. Uh, and But he came and sat with you. I know he had, I think it was a knee injury. Uh, so uh, what did that mean to you? I, I know because he was with Toronto not that long ago. Uh, you might have even had a relationship with him before. I don't know. Uh, but what was it like when Reimer sat with you? What did that mean to you?
3: He was with the Marlies when I was working there. So I you know, I talked to him a little bit while I was working at the rink. Uh, I wouldn't say I had a great I a relationship with him, but he was, he's an awesome guy. He'll talk to anybody. Um, so we kind of had a couple chats here and there. So, and then you watch him play with the lease and the next thing you know, he's sitting beside you kind of cheering you on. How could you not be inspired to go out there and give it your all after a guy like that sits beside you and tells you, man, you're going to do great. Don't worry about it. Go out there and just do your thing. And, um, for him to do that well, was super awesome to me. And he's such a nice guy.
5: Final horn sounds team surrounds you. What's that?
3: Yeah, like the guy, I think Clifford it was, the was, was a, was a Toronto guy who comes across the line, shoots one at me, and I look at the clock as I catch it, and I like, oh, there's under a second left, and I'm not letting go of this puck. This puck is, is mine. Um, you know, cause you, you know in your head, this could be your only chance to ever play in the NHL. So, um, you're gonna wanna cherish every moment of it, and, and the guys jumping on me, and they're so pumped, and the fact that they played so well, uh, it just showed in how they were cheering and how they were jumping around and how they were celebrating. Uh, they were happy with themselves and they were happy for me.
5: What was the scene like when you got to the locker room?
3: Well, obviously I didn't get to the locker room right away because I got halfway down the hallway and they told me to turn back around because I was going out for first star. Um, you know, in Toronto, your home team loses and the place clears out in five minutes. So, uh, I got turned around and I went out for first star and I'm thinking in my head, wow, there's going to be like a hundred people out here and, it's going to be embarrassing. I'm going to do the, uh, the short little turn at the door and go right back in. But, you know, I saw three quarters of the building standing, uh, giving me an ovation. I kind of took it upon myself to skate a little bit further and just enjoy that moment. And, uh, when I did get back to the locker room, the guys, I had no clue that the guys were waiting for me. Uh, and they were going to kind of give me that water shower, but to see them all jumping around and splashing water and cheering, like that was, that was unreal. I, you know, It's so cool that they kind of got together like that and behind themselves and behind me and they were just kind of uh, enjoying the moment so much and that was awesome for me.
5: Just incredible. Quickly back to that first star situation. I'm sure it was bitter for Toronto fans, but maybe it's kind of like when an opposing pitcher throws a no-hitter against your team and all you can do ultimately is salute greatness even if it came at your expense. That's all Trip Tracy could come up with.
8: And the Toronto Maple Leaf crowd, they're hockey-educated, so they had to be disgusted with that. Uh, and then for Dave to come out on the ice and get the, the, the boisterous reaction that he did was just, was just awesome. You get that moment that we'll never forget. You know, they went from being very disappointed in the outcome to truly appreciating the story and the uh, infinitely likable guy that Dave Ayers is. And, uh, I mean, it was just sensational.
5: If you think beating your hometown club 6'3 in their building in front of a sold-out crowd on Hockey Night in Canada was big, wait till you get a load of what happened at David Ayers next. That whirlwind comes your way in Episode 3 next week. This Canes Corner Podcast special is brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. Bay or bow windows, entry doors, storm doors, windows, and every type of siding under the sun If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. Go online for a free no-obligation estimate at AluminumCompany.com. The Canes Corner Podcast is part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network with special assistance from Rusty Helser and Doug Miller. I thank them. You can subscribe to the Canes Corner Podcast wherever you get your podcast. Rate us, review us, feel free to reach out. Tell us what you think. Until next time, I'm Adam Gold.